Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend, John Opaluski. How are you today, John? Jim, I'm doing excellent. I'm actually doing better than I started today because I spent some time with you uh, uh, beforehand, and uh, I'm just uh, encouraged uh, yeah. by uh, your friendship. Same here. Same here. I thought like episode 110 was one of the more meaningful ones we've done, talking about you know just knowing when to stop. And today, if you don't know how to stop, you actually enter a category that's extraordinarily dangerous. You want to introduce the episode 111 to us? Sure. The uh, title is called The Hidden Dangers of Workaholism. Uh, now, we've talked about workaholism on the pod before. Yeah. Uh, but I want to talk about it from a little slightly different angle today, Jim. Some of the, some of the hidden subterranean dangers of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think about uh, a show that I like to watch uh, occasionally. It's called Shark Tank, and it's a pretty popular yeah. show. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, it's entertaining. It's funny. <clears throat> it's informative. It, it, and even at times it's touching. You know, you the, the show reminds me uh, about the importance of focus and passion and, and commitment and hard work. And and I love hearing stories of people. I really love hearing stories of people who immigrated from other countries yeah. who were poor and had nothing and they came here and they worked hard and they had a dream and, right. and now it's come to fruition. It's, it, you know, that part of Shark Tank is so inspiring to me. Yeah. Um, but it, here's one thing that stands out to me when I watch that show, Jim, almost every time. And it stands out like a sore thumb to me. It, it, it's this recurring theme that uh, is mm-hmm. unmistakable, really. To me, it's, it's worn as a badge of honor. It's, it's heralded. It's applauded. And cheered, and here it is. It's the yeah, the idea that success comes only by working 24 7, 365 on your business. Yeah, I, I've heard them say, Well, if you're not sold out to this, why should I put my money into it? Because mm-hmm. yeah, they they weren't willing to you know leave everything and everyone to follow the, their, their business calling like it was Jesus, you know. That's right. Yeah. And, and so in the world of the tank, you know, you realize your dreams by skipping sleep, ignoring relationships, yeah. putting your health at risk. And, and you know, I, I think about that, Jim, as much as I like to see people succeed, I, I often wonder, uh, I, am I the only one who wonders at what cost? Yeah. Uh, at, at what cost to all of those things? And so, um, you know, I think it's not just business People that get trapped into this, I I do believe ministry leaders also get caught up in the uh, workaholic side of life, Uh, you know, the quest for for growth, which I don't think is bad in and of itself unless it's motivated improperly. Um, But oftentimes that quest for growth, Jim, it translates to saying yes to work more than to uh, your marriage or... Yes to your dream more than to your kids. Yeah. Uh, yes to success more than to a close relationship with, with God, right? Who, who, if you think about it, he's the one who called you into the ministry in the first place, right? And, right. And, he, and I think we accepted that call because he did something spectacular in our life. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yet we get that jumbled up. And, and so this kind of workaholic behavior puts leaders at risk. Mm-hmm. Um, give me some thoughts on that. And then I would like, what I'd like to jump into Jim, after you yeah. give us, give all of us some thoughts, uh, from your perspective, I'd like to talk about maybe three hidden dangers of workaholism. Yeah, I, I think there's a, there's a great line from a documentary called Cool Runnings. It's a Jamaican bobsled team. Mm. And, uh, and Darice Banning, the, the, the lead guy, is talking to the, the coach, uh, Blitzer is his name, played by John Candy. And he's talking about the gold medals. And he, but John Candy cheated to get him. And he mm. said, it must be so great to hold a gold medal. And he says, it's, it's a wonderful thing. But he says this, he says, but if you're not enough without the gold medal, you'll never be enough with the gold medal. And I, and I thought that's really, it's not so much workaholism, but why, why, why are we working to the detriment of our health, of our relationships, of our souls? And, and, and at the same time, why are we, why are we working so hard to it? And then we get it and we go, why, why did I work this hard for this? Like how many people have achieved their goals only right. to sit there and look at it and go, what did it cost me? And it's too late because it's, you've already had to pay that price. That's right. And, and I think we look for, we look from our businesses, from our ministries, we look for things that only God can really provide for us, right? Or right. relationships can only provide for us. We're, we're, we're expecting our ministry, our business to provide a sense of value yeah, right. to us that yeah. really and truly it cannot bring to us. That's external. It's not that internal value that, hey, I'm an adopted son or daughter of Jesus Christ that I'm loved uh, completely before I lift a finger every morning. Yeah. Um, and, and so what happens is we, you know, so we have this conversation. I, every week, probably half a dozen times, Jim, at wow. minimum, I'm on, I'm underestimating it probably. Right. right. Asking pastors, urging pastors and business leaders to slow down. Uh, because we see and we see a wall in their not too distant future that they don't see, yeah. and and so when they don't listen, um, then we then we take another approach and say, look, here's what's it, here's what that wall looks like. Yeah. Uh, so let me describe it to you. So that's kind of where I'd like to jump into the three hidden dangers of workaholism. Yeah, please. Okay, so here's the first one: workaholism can lead to stupidity. <laughs> what do you mean by that john uh don't be so vague yeah i thought we'd just start off with a bang right and, and um, by the way you said it and we all thought of 10 stories that we know of that validate that statement it's not too strong of a statement people that that did the stupidest things did them for this reason yeah, we, yeah. you know we tend to do incredibly dumb things when we get tired yes we do you know yeah. things that we would never do if we were well-rested. Yeah. You know, in pod 110, you, you mentioned one of our favorite passages of scripture on this podcast. It's in, it's in Matthew chapter 11. Uh, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon uh, you and learn from me for you will find, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now we're not going to get uh, exegetical on that passage t- uh, today, other than to say a couple of things. Jesus is calling us to rest. He says it twice in that short passage of scripture. And he talks about his yoke being well-fitting for right. us. 
it right. fits us perfectly. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you remember back in the 1980s. I think you were born then, Jim. Uh, you were. I was born in the 60s. Yeah. I was okay. Still... Yeah. All right. So we had the fall of the Jimmies yeah. in the 1980s. Uh, yeah. uh, Jim Baker and Jimmy Swagger. And yeah. um, I remember being at a conference in Grand Rapids, Michigan, where the keynote speaker was addressing uh, uh, Jimmy Swaggart's issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he and he said one thing about it. He wasn't there to be critical of mm-hmm. Jimmy Swaggart. He just said this happened. And he said this, Jimmy Swaggart needed to play more golf. Yeah. Now, I was in my 20s at the time. And I heard him say that. And Jim, it didn't make sense to me. Yeah. What do you mean <laughs> he needed to play more golf? He yeah. needed to spend more time with God. He needed to. But I, I didn't understand. But as I've gotten older, that makes perfect sense to me now, right? That there probably was this insane pace yeah. that okay. contributed to Jimmy's failure. Yeah. And, and here's what I've observed, that the more growth that takes place in our ministry or our business, the more pace becomes an issue. Becomes a challenge, and the more tempted you'll be to rationalize an out of control schedule because you know God's blessing what I'm doing, right? Yeah. So, what do you think about that first one, Jim? Yeah, I I think success has as many traps as failures, or as failure. I think maybe more. I, I think maybe more. Yeah, I I don't, I don't know who's happier—the normal-looking kid in the cafeteria or the prom queen. You know what I mean? Like, I, like, like one you think has an easier life because she's the prom queen or the captain of the football team. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know too many prom queens and captains of the football team. Their life isn't easier. That success has a weight to it. Um, and when you succeed in ministry, uh, as, as long as it doesn't come at the cost of other things, that's wonderful, right? Sure. But, but how easy is it to get out of balance when you're satisfied because you have the answers that no one else has? You preach the sermons that everybody wants to hear. You're the leader that everybody wants to come to their seminar. You're the, I, the writing's almost on the wall. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, when I see that happening to somebody, I go, well, it's, you know, the writing's almost on the wall. And this sure. isn't like national. This is like local pastors that have gone through right. the predictable cycles of burnout that become these behaviors that you never would have just, you sure. never would have dreamed. I, if you were around in the mid eighties, you never would have dreamed that the Jimmy's had their issues. You never would have dreamed. They were, uh, you know, they were the, as big as a Billy Graham would be, or, uh, you know, sure. somebody like that today. And it's, it, they were, it was such a disappointment. And, uh, you know, without, without mentioning any names, I think we can all think of national and local leaders. Yep. Did things so out of character. You say, how did they get there? This is how they got there. Yes. This is how they got there. Almost unequivocally. Um, and, and you said the word predictable. Yeah. This is predictable. Yeah. I, I can guarantee this. Yeah. That if you live your life in an extended state of exhaustion, you will do some incredibly stupid things and right. make some really bad decisions. And some of them will alter your life yeah. for the rest of your life. So that's yeah. one of the hidden dangers. Here's also, another. If, yeah, it is predictable, if it is predictable, that also means it's preventable. There you go. Right? If I smoke 18 packs a day of cigarettes, I, I, it's predictable what's going to happen, but it's preventable if I stop smoking today. Yep. And, and it's the same thing here. This is not, it's just the curse of the ministry. It's not, it's foolishness. It's, it's, um, it's an infected, turned inward success that is so unhealthy for your soul. I believe if the devil can't destroy you, he'll distract you. 
you know, and, and this success is as much a distraction as failure ever was just right. you. Yeah. Please like, like, please dear listeners, dear watchers, yeah. if it's predictable, it's preventable. So take these right. steps. And I think some people, some leaders, and I was one of them, Jim say that'll never happen to me. Yeah. Right. And you know what? It usually happens to you. Yeah. But almost right. always. Uh, Have they ever said, hey, I'm running so hard. Eventually, I'm going to cheat on my wife. I don't think anybody's ever said that, right? Nope. But it, it isn't until it is until the trap is sprung that you realize you're the one that actually walked into the trap. That's right. And it's it just yep. the wreckage, the loss of testimony, the, what it does to the people you love, to the church that you serve, to the kingdom. It right. just stop. You know, yes. I heard the other day that the word shalom, if there was a, a sign that at a crosswalk in, in Israel, that instead of saying stop, it would say shalom. Mm-hmm. But that's what the word means, stop. So that if you got to stop to be at peace, to be at rest. Uh, Sabbath, the word stop is in the word Sabbath. It's a, mm-hmm. you have to stop. There, there is a predictable outcome when we ignore the laws of God, just like when we ignore the law of gravity. Mm-hmm. You will walk off a building and you'll die. You'll walk off with your limitations and you'll, you'll kill everybody around you doing it. So, yeah. 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 So here's the second one, second hidden danger. And that is a work on workaholism can lead to arrogance. So stupidity is the first hidden danger. Arrogance is the second one. Um, I, I think God gave us Sabbath as a gift. Uh, and he's, there are many purposes of Sabbath. Uh, but I, I look at it as a weekly reset button. You know, it's a, every week I'm resetting. Uh, I'm downshifting. I'm relaxing. I'm resting. Uh, I'm reminding myself on that day off that uh, my life's work is ultimately God's, not mine. Yeah. And it's so important, Jim, I think every week to remind ourselves that, look, Converge Coaching is not mine. Yeah. It belongs to God. Freedom Center is not yours. It, it belongs uh, to God. And um, it, it, there is this humility that I think it breeds in us, right? This where we pause and we realize uh, that, look, this whole thing isn't dependent on me. Um, uh, and, and God can still work when I rest. That's a beautiful thing, right? Is that God's still at work when I'm taking my day off. Um, the conversely workaholism is a breeding ground for pride. Yeah. I think when we disregard that, that command to rest, it's easy to start taking more credit for our success than we should. Yeah. And man, when we go there, Jim, we are, in the danger zone. Yeah. Um, uh, the distance between workaholism and arrogance is very, very short. Yeah. I, what do you I, think I, on that? I never met a, a humble workaholic um, that, that really understood what they were doing. Um, a, a humble man is, isn't powerless. He's, he's dependent on others' power. That makes sense. So humility is not you know, thinking less of myself is thinking about myself less, if that makes sense. So there's this thought that, that there is a, um, it's not self-deprecation. It's, it's, it's compounding interest. My mortgage is doing what it's doing, whether I'm awake or asleep. It, it, it has that sort of power. The interest is compounding. I'm paying off principal interest is coming with it. And we understand that with our mortgage, but we don't understand that with God sometimes that when we yeah. go to sleep, just like compounding interest, whether it's working for us or against us, God, God is doing what God is doing in our absence because he's a provider. I plant a seed. That's right. I watch it. Nothing changes. 
I stand over it. I talk to it. Nothing changes. I profess to it. I, I command it. I, it is going to go <laughs> through its process to produce what it is and the fruit that comes with it. And that's God's job. My job is to plant the seed. My job is to study, to pray, to love my wife, to, you know, preach the sermon. But my job is not to, to stand over every soul, every person, every leader, every circumstance as if I am God, it really, for us to take that position, we would have to, you know, Hey God, would you get out of my seat, please? I'm, I'm actually on the throne. You, mm-hmm. you need to get away. Cause I, I'll, I'll, you know, and yeah. I would say this, one of the greatest days of my life, I remember very clearly was the day that I consciously resigned from being God. Yeah. And it, as silly as that sounds, I'm no longer going to try to do what only you can do, what you've promised to do, what you're capable of doing, what you're good enough to do for me. I'm no longer going to pretend that you and I are partners in this. Like I'm an equal share partner. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to resign from, from doing all the things you say you do. And what peace comes when you, when you stop working outside of the grace that God's given you. God will give you grace to do a lot of stuff. God will never give you grace to be disobedient. It will yeah. always feel bad. It will always create wreckage. And, you know, you know, Jim, you said it may sound silly. And it may sound silly, but it isn't silly. Yeah. You know, it, what you said is not silly. The, the fact is, is that there is this tension I think we all wrestle with between what my responsibility is and what God's responsibility is. And there are, there is this, and I don't know that we'll ever 100% master this on this side of earth, but I find myself unknowingly putting myself in that place. I'm taking responsibility for things that God is ultimately responsible for, or yeah. Or I expect him to take responsibility for things that are my responsibility. That's that's another <laughs> pot. That's another pot on laziness. Okay. That's another, so. that's another podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <And> not faith. <laughs> right. So so stupidity is is a hidden yeah. rock under the water that will destroy you. Yeah. Arrogance. You know, the Bible talks about the sin of pride, right? And all the bad things that happen with that. That's another hidden danger of workaholism. Yeah. Let me let me give you one more, Jim, and let's talk about yeah. it. Is that workaholism can lead and often does lead to a premature exit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. when we when we rest at proper intervals, it actually increases our productivity. Yeah. You know, and there are, and I'm not just saying that there are reams of research that prove it. Over and over and over again. I, I believe this. I think you believe this too, that God can get more done through us over a longer period of time when we commit to a healthy work rest rhythm. Yeah. Um, you know, most church leaders that I know teach their people and rightly so to, to tithe, right? To that 10% of our income isn't ours. It belongs to God. Yeah. Um and, and I've heard many preachers, and I think I've probably preached this too, that God will make 90% of your income go farther than 100%. Yeah. And, and I submit to our listeners and watchers today that the same principle is true about our schedule. Yeah. That when we obey God's commandment to observe Sabbath, when we walk in a responsible, healthy work rest rhythm, we discover capacity yeah. we didn't know existed. Yeah. Yeah. I could not agree more. I, it's funny that, you know, tithe, you say, I have, I have 10, you know, seeds in my hand and I plant one. Well, I only have nine. Well, you, you do, you have nine that live under the covenant of bread 
but you have one that lives under the covenant of a seed planted. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. So take, take the seven days. I have I have seven I have seven seeds in my hand. I I plant one. I give it to God, just like I gave that tithe. I have I only have six left. Well, that's true. I have six left, but you have one planted. The one yeah. planted lives under a completely different paradigm. The seed planted lives under a different paradigm than the seeds that are meant for bread, mm. right? The, the bread is to be used as nutrition. It's, it's here. It's gone. But what's planted is is there to produce something more of what was planted. So yeah. for us to work seven days a week, we're not just just like tithing. We're, we're not. You can't outgive God. And if, again, if you work one day a week, you should. You're going to starve because you know you're. That's laziness. But if you work seven days a week, you're going to starve because you're not planting. You're not mm-hmm. putting certain elements that God entrusted to you to give back to him that live under a different paradigm. So right. back to that work rest rhythm that we talked about in the Garden of Eden, you know, if, if their day one is day six, that's the day they're created and tasked with the whole earth, fill it, subdue it. Their first day is not a day of work after that. Their mm-hmm. first their first day is a day of rest. They work from rest, yeah. you know, that the commandment with rest to work rather than the commandment to work until I'm exhausted. Yeah. So I, I agree completely. I, no one's going to invent some new way to reach the lost because they work seven days a week. That, that's going to come in quiet time. That's going to come right. in green pastures, still waters, Sabbath. Right. Um, what's that where you take a bunch of Sabbaths in a row? What's that called? Sabbatical. Yeah. Sabbatical. You know, that's books are not written when you work 12 hours a day, seven days a week. They're written. Eugene Peterson, who translates the Bible, spent months at his cabin, I think in Montana, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and that, that was his family getaway. Uh, John Mark Comer, who wrote some great books on, on this subject, yeah. young guy in his thirties wrote was a ruthless elimination of hurry or something yes. like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, the Sabbath, the, the pattern, it really, and, and what's nice is that as we do the studies, the studies say, huh, God was right. The 10 day work week does not work. That's right. The seven day a week work week does not work. It, it really, the rhythm we were created to prosper in God has, it's a dictate. It's not a suggestion. It That's is right. an absolute mandatory thing. So workaholism will cause you to quit rather than finish. You will not finish well. You'll quit because of failure or exhaustion. And we've seen That's it right. too often. That's right. And so, and so we, would, we would just challenge you, you know, to think about uh, capacity differently. Yeah. That when, I, when I take a day off on a, on a regular basis uh, to rest and recover and, and rejuvenate, when I punch out at a reasonable time, most evenings, I, I am unleashing capacity that I didn't know I had, that I didn't know was there. Capacity to love and lead God's people, you know, capacity to uh, love our spouses, to love our kids, to love our grandbabies, right? I, uh, I, I think I have plenty of capacity for that, but, you know, I, but, yeah, but, and I think there's still this mathematical problem in our head. How is this possible? How can it, how can that actually work? It's because in God's economy, his way of doing things is higher and, yeah. and better than ours, incalculably higher. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I, I Jim, I'm going to keep watching Shark Tank because it, it entertains yeah. me. <laughs> um, you know, I'll laugh, I'll learn, I'll, I'll be motivated to work diligently, but yeah. I'm never going to, well, I, I never want to say never because then I set myself up. I never, I never want to swallow the lie that workaholism is the secret sauce to success. It can't be, it it would violate scripture and study and fact and knowledge. 
Yeah. I, you know, back to the Jim Baker, he wrote a book called I was wrong that I read probably 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. And he did the math, the number of years he worked without a day off was the exact number of days he spent in prison. Wow. And, and his point was God will get his Sabbaths one way or the other. You will mm-hmm. be alone. You'll be with him. Well, and you can do that by, by your will submitting to his will or by his will being done. And I, and I, yep. I agree. Did you know that that Seventh Day Adventists, those who you know the denomination that takes one day off very religiously every week, they they live ten years longer than other Protestants. It doesn't shock me. It doesn't shock me either. That's what I'm saying. This is not like some. You should add this when you get everything else right. Like you should add this from the very beginning. Yeah. One day in heaven belongs to God. Awe and rest and worship and food and strolls. I mean, it is yep. apple orchard season in Michigan, man. If you can't sit on your back deck and watch the leaves turn colors while you, you know, drink hot apple cider and a donut, like I'm not even sure you're going to heaven. Like, you know, you know you're, you're avoiding it here. You know, you're avoiding it here. So anyway, John, thank you so much for this. And I, again, dear listeners, huge reminder. Um, and, and again, we said this on, on episode 110, same thing we'll say again. If you're like, yeah, I know this, but you're not doing it. The next step is to give us a call because we want to help you develop the patterns, develop the disciplines, develop the calendar, develop the budget, develop the staff, develop the family around this. So if you know, if you're not here going, yeah, I need that. Like, like you need to go on a diet, but you're not going to the gym. Like we want to help you be a trainer to you in that. So how how would they go about having that conversation to see if Converge is a good fit for this? Yeah, Jim, it's super easy. Uh, If you go to our website, convergecoach.com. Up at the top, there's a contact us link and you click that, give us your name and phone number and say, hey, here's what I'm trying to work my way through. We'll give you a call. We'll give you 30 minutes of our time. And, uh, you know, that might be all you need is 30 minutes with us. Uh, But, you know, there's a chance you might need a little bit more time and we'll talk about what that looks like. Right on. Good. Well, John, thank you again for your wisdom, your experience. I I love that you're you're not a theorist. You've experienced what happens to a soul, to a body, yep. uh, when, when stuff is not, when God's laws are ignored, in success, right? And uh, so thank you for being transparent and sharing your story with us again today. And we love you for it. So our dear listeners and watchers, God bless you. Uh, John and I, the whole Converge team, wish you well. You're in our prayers and go get them this week as you continue to lead from a life.